Hi, I'm Morgan Eikenseer, the tech and healthcare reporter for the Baltimore Business Journal, and welcome to another episode of our podcast, The Pivot. My guest on the podcast this month is Greg Fitchett, president of the Columbia region for real estate development firm Howard Hughes Corp. In his role, Greg is in charge of overseeing a $5 billion and 30-year effort to transform the downtown area of suburban Columbia into a walkable urban center where people can live, work, and play. A few years into the effort, his company has opened two new towering office buildings, housing notable corporate restaurant and retail tenants, and updated Meriwether Post Pavilion to include new features like a Skylon. The next phase of the project, which will include additional offices, new apartments, and a community park, is slated for completion next year. In this episode of The Pivot, I visited the Howard Hughes offices within the new development to talk with Greg about how an early job at Guest Jeans ultimately led him to a fruitful career in development and how things in Columbia are progressing so far. So let's get into it. I hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to check out previous episodes of The Pivot on SoundCloud. So I wanted to start talking about kind of your career pivots before we get to kind of the broader theme of what's happening here in Columbia. Um, so I read that you started out of college wanting to be an actor. <laughs> so I was hoping you could tell me a little bit about that and kind of what led you to the path that you're on now. Sure, sure. So uh, uh, as a youth, I was not the most directed of people. I was uh, kind of, you know, my, my folks were uh, very supportive of kind of whatever I wanted to do. So I went off to college. I found that I liked uh, philosophy, so I actually was a philosophy major in college, and also found that I liked um, performing. So I did some theater in college, and afterwards I went to college in Los Angeles area, so I was like, well, I've done some acting, and I'm in Los Angeles, so I might as well try and uh, become a movie star, um, which I tried to do for a couple years, but uh, didn't, didn't exactly work out. Uh, it was a lot of fun, great experience, but after trying to do that for you know three years or so, it's like, well, I'm not one of the people who like feels like I need to do this. I feel like I could do something else and be very happy at it. So um, actually through a temporary job, I ended up working at Guest Jeans um, and working in the real estate and construction department and found that I really liked that. Um, the uh, uh, you know, real estate and construction, um, it's got this whole sort of project aspect to it where mm-hmm. you, you see something go from being on paper and being an idea and a deal and then going through the whole design and, and construction process and then and again that you know, this was building retail stores and shopping centers so it was pretty fast you'd see something go from kind of paper to then delivering the store and turning it over to become an operating store you know in a matter of you know three or four months and it was like oh, this is fun um, so I really liked that and then went back to business school after that um, after I've said well I'm in the business world now but you know I studied philosophy so I should probably learn something about the, the business world um, went, to, went to school at UCLA, and then uh, soon after that, um, found myself sort of going from being on the tenant side of, of the development world to the landlord side. Uh, worked for a company called Westfield for 15 years, big retail developer, um, and really that's kind of where I you know, found myself in the development business. It's, it was a it was a great you know great company. They had great properties. Sort of at the, this was about 2012. I'd been working on this huge project in La Jolla, California, for. Uh, many years. I think I spent seven, eight years working on that project and it delivered the first phase of it and then had an opportunity to uh, to move to Howard Hughes. 
Um, a colleague of mine from Westfield had uh, had been working for Howard Hughes. It was you know new company at the time. Uh, being the best mall in the world is you know it's still a mall. Um, so you know it's you know the, the opportunity to actually build something that was you know more than just retail development, but really you know city building, which is what uh, what we're about here in Columbia and at Howard Hughes, uh, was really exciting. So we we moved to Dallas for a year, and then um, a year after that moved out here to Maryland and, uh, to work on this project. So. You spent time, you mentioned, in California and Dallas a little bit. I always ask people who aren't from here kind of what their perspective of Maryland was before you got here and then now that you've been here a while. Well, as a, uh, you know, West Coaster, you know, from birth until about, uh, you know, again, seven years ago, I didn't really have much conception of it. I'd been to New York a couple times, I'd been to D.C., but had never spent any significant amount of time out here. So I didn't really have much much of a perception of Maryland at all. I was like, oh, it's the East Coast. Um, but uh, you know, since since moving here, I mean, it's 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 a pretty great place to live. Got two young kids. You know, Howard County. We live in Ellicott City. You know, just a few miles away from here, and it's a fantastic place to raise a family. Uh, you know, and we love the seasons. My wife had never lived anywhere where there was snow before, so that was a little shock. Yeah, we really like it. Now to the, the broader topic of Columbia, which is what I mostly came here to talk about. There's a lot that's already been done. There's a lot that's coming. I know that it's a 30-year project, but kind of just for the people that may not be as familiar with the development, can you kind of give a quick snapshot of where things are now and kind of where things are still going? Sure. We have this tremendous legacy behind us. So, uh, you know, we're the successor to the Rouse Company uh, here in Columbia. So, Jim Rouse, 52 years ago now, came up with the idea of Columbia, and the idea was really to build a new city and build it based on these core values of respecting the land, he was an environmentalist before his time, uh, of creating a place that would be a real city um, and have all those elements of, of a real city and also would be a place that could, uh, where people could, the built environment could allow people to reach their full potential, um, which encompasses a lot of things. And, and, you know, and with that particularly came you know, the ideas, the values of diversity and inclusion and equity um, and he was really, you know, a visionary in that he saw those things. He was really trying to address the problems both of the inner city um, back in the 50s and 60s and of, of you know, suburban flight, white flight um, out to the suburbs and the sort of sea of sameness of the suburbs in the you know, post-war America. And, you know, he created Columbia with the idea that this, you know, if you planned a city and intentionally created one, you could address those problems and create a place it really would be a great place to, you know, to, to grow for people to, again, reach their full, full potential. Um, so it's a great, you know, base to work from. Now, Columbia, you know, it started out with this, this amazing vision, and it was really successful, and it's been really successful. It's an extremely successful suburb. Um, but, you know, of those, those four values, uh, the value of it being a real city, you know, that piece never was really actualized. Um, and the county, you know, the council and the community to their benefit after a very long process back in sort of starting in 2004, 2005, passed in 2010 this plan. And it really is, I think, trying to take those values of Jim Rouse, bring them for, forward into the 21st century and create, uh, you know, create that real city um, and create it in a better way. So that's, you know, that's the plan that we've been implementing now for nine years. And, you know, we've had some good success. Uh, we've got some beautiful buildings. We're in the process of building some really, really nice, uh, exciting neighborhoods here. And, uh, but we're still very early on. It's still, I mean, we've invested almost a billion dollars here now between the new development and between our acquisitions here. 
and we've built on you know about 2.2 million square feet now we've completed uh, but it's still you know less than 20 percent of the plan mm -hmm. so as much as it's you know you see all this great stuff around it, it's still very early on early days so. yeah i think the last time i was here this building wasn't even the, the steel and yeah, steel up yeah. in the sky and yeah <laughs> so it's cool to see the office fully built out there. it's actually that that building that you see well the podcast won't be able to see but the building <laughs> that you see in the image right there yeah. is uh, we just completed that a couple months ago that's Tenable's new headquarters you can see in the image it's, it's a pretty spectacular mm -hmm. and at the same time as we have that building we also are just now completing uh, a residential building down there Juniper which is 382 apartments um, you know that that building plus uh, 6100 Merriweather uh, plus the area around it will be about 100,000 square feet of retail restaurants mm -hmm. um, we'll complete a park as well we've completed a fire station um, so, you know, that neighborhood really is now coming to life. And what's exciting about that is, you know, this building is great. The buildings, you know, on the west side of the mall, the apartment buildings we've done are great. Uh, but what we're building now really is the vision of the plan, mm -hmm. which is truly mixed use, compact, walkable, urban, centered around a park. Uh, as great as Howard County is, and it is a great place to live. Again, I'm, you know, brought my family here, raising my kids here. They're going to the public schools, which are phenomenal. Uh, but it doesn't have that real walkable urban place, and we're in the process of delivering that now. So mm -hmm. it's very exciting. What are some of the, the challenges of doing a project like this on this scale? I'm assuming with something with such a long outlook, there's a lot of things that could change year to year, and kind of even, I'm assuming community sentiments come into it a lot of times. Kind of what are some of the, the challenges you guys deal with as you're moving ahead? Yeah, it is, uh, you know, a, a project at this scale, and this is, you know, it's a 14 million square foot plan, 30 year plans, you know, $5 billion of investment. Um, it's not something that happens quickly. And it really, it's not something that we can do, you know, by ourselves. So it requires a lot of engagement with the community um, and also partnership with the local government in particular, Howard County. Um, this plan wouldn't be, you know, in place and wouldn't be happening if it were not for, you know, the leadership of a number of, uh, you know, people in the county. Certainly, uh, Ken Ullman was the county executive um, from before I got here mm -hmm. uh, through 2014, and he was the he was the county executive when the plan was passed. And uh, Mary Kay Sigety was the councilwoman for this district during that time as well. And the two of them together were real leaders um, uh, that made this plan happen. And also Calvin Ball, who is now uh, the county executive here today, he was on the council as well that helped shepherd this plan through. Uh, obviously, very controversial. Uh, to have this kind of urban density in a suburban environment. Very, you know, difficult process, but, you know, through, you know, five, six years of engagement with the community, that plan was unanimously passed, and now we're in the process of seeing it come to life. It's an ongoing process. Uh, we have regular meetings with, you know, we, we you know, like to have sort of bring in small groups of community leaders, you know, 10, 12 people, and, you know, sit down in you know here and sort of walk through the presentation in a very informal way so they can ask questions and you know you know there's lots of misinformation about the project sure. um, so it's a great opportunity for them to ask questions and say you know what have they heard and, and to get the facts out so then they can relay that to their network howard county has been such a successful suburb uh, that it also has i think what are fairly typical suburban problems as much as you know the values of jim rouse are sort of you know in the community's DNA. Um, a lot of people moved here and they don't know who Jim Rouse is, and they moved here because the schools are great. And uh, you know, with that, 
um, there come these suburban issues, and we're really going through that now with uh, this redistricting process, mm-hmm. which is very controversial. And it's you know it's a big challenge for the community to you know that it, again it was founded on these these sort of core values of diversity and inclusion, but people say, well, I moved here for the schools, and now you're saying I'm going to go to a different school, and that school doesn't have the same rating as the one that I bought my house in. So you know they get very very upset about it. It's a, it's a it's a big challenge, but I think what we're doing in downtown really is uh, the embodiment of those uh, those ideals. People say, "What would Jim Rouse think?" <laughs> I think he'd be thrilled. We passed three years ago the uh, a big comprehensive plan um, that involved a ninety million dollar TIF that's financed the roads that uh, that you see around us here. Uh, it also involved the transfer, the early renovation and transfer of Meriwether Post Pavilion to a nonprofit. And then the third piece was a really comprehensive affordable housing plan. Mm-hmm. So the plan that was passed in 2010, it was basically when we build residential, we have to pay a fee to a nonprofit, and then they deal with you know how we're going to deliver affordable housing downtown. Well, after uh, a couple of years, they realized, well, we could end up with a nice large bank account, but no actual housing, affordable housing in downtown Columbia. So there was a strong desire to rework that whole plan. and took many uh, late nights and many heated conversations, but we ended up in a place that I think you know, the Housing Commission was at the table, the Columbia Downtown Housing Corporation, which is a nonprofit uh, established by the plan to deliver affordable housing downtown, uh, the county government and us worked together and crafted a plan that's really creative. It'll deliver almost 15% of the total units in downtown um, will be affordable. It includes sort of uses all the tools in the toolbox of affordable housing, which affordable housing is a incredibly difficult issue mm-hmm. it's really hard to do and really hard to do right um, but we use the uh, the housing choice voucher program so we have very low income units that will be built the first ones are being delivered right now in juniper so uh, a total of six percent of those units will be affordable um, we also have moderate income units and then we did a partnership with the housing commission that uses the low income housing tax credit to deliver mixed income projects at both a market rate and a low income uh, level so um, it really is comprehensive, very you know complex and difficult to work out, but uh, you know by a lot of people working together with good faith, and I think all believing you know in the goal and the objective, uh, we were able to get there. So I want to talk a little bit about how you guys are leasing the projects, especially the office buildings. I know you guys have signed on some impressive tenants. You mentioned Tenable, and I was wondering how you're going about finding the companies, the the people that you want to kind of be in this space, and then also. Do you work with companies once they're, they've decided to come to the, the buildings to make the spaces what they want, or kind of how does that work? Yeah, I think uh, you know our, our tenants, and it's funny, uh, um, Andy Shalal, I mentioned Busboys and Poets, you know, he was here and he came up for an equity conference that we uh, sort of helped supported uh, in September. And during that discussion, he mentioned how he doesn't like landlords. He's like, <laughs> landlords, I don't like that word, landlord. It seems very sort of medieval. Um, and he really looks for partners, and I think that's the way. You know, that's I think why we why he came up here and chose Columbia for his first location outside the DC Beltway is because he felt he had a true partnership with us, and we really do view the businesses that we work with as partners. Um, their success is our success. Our success should be their success, and uh, that's so that's how we work with them. And uh, you know, another great example is this building. So this building, Pearson is the anchor tenant here, and we really designed this building from the inside out with them for their business, for the future of their business. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, actually you look at, um, we have three office buildings that we've built so far. 
Each of them is very different in architectural style. Each one we used a different architect, and really they were designed in conjunction with the tenant, uh, the anchor tenant. So MedStar, you know, that, that building has a certain look and feel, this building as well, and then uh, the new building, 6100, also, you know, tenable, leader in cybersecurity, uh, homegrown Howard County company that's now public and traded on the, on the, uh, the NASDAQ. Um, you know, we worked with them to design what, I, again, I think is a pretty beautiful building. It's, it's got a rooftop deck, uh, and, you know, indoor and outdoor space, conference space shared for the building, overlooking Meriwether Post Pavilion, just spectacular. They've actually got in the interior of their space on the, the uh, 11th and 12th floor, they have a giant opening um, that they're going to use. So they've got sort of a dual height space through that, that there's going to be sort of a you know, presentation area, sort of stair steps going all the way up. It's super cool. Who do people need to know is, has had their hand in this project over time? Gosh, well, I, so I, I, I guess I didn't finish um, on my sort of our government partners. I started with uh, Ken and Mary Kay mm-hmm. and Calvin. And then, you know, we had a great partnership with the, the county executive, um, you know, shortly after I arrived was Alan Kittleman. And, you know, Alan was a very, you know, different leader. And he was much more kind of a, you know, good government. Let's, you know, let's, you know, sort of do things, uh, you know, not so much, much, you know, pushing people as, as letting people kind of do their jobs and let's let the process, you know, sort of unfold and, you know, let's assist with that. And, you know, we were able to, you know, with working with him and working with the council, um, get the TIF pass, which really, you know, none of, you know, what you see there or what you see down below would have happened if that TIF was not passed. The infrastructure costs to be able to deliver a project like this are massive and it's all, it's not something you can get a loan for. You basically have to put that cash out up front and without the partnership with the county government, that, that uh, wouldn't be happening. Um, so Alan was instrumental with that, again, with Calvin and Mary Kay also, um, both on the council, uh, you know, providing real leadership. And then now, you know, Calvin was elected county executive, and so you know, he, we're working with him now. He's been great. He's really got a leadership style that is about pushing and about vision, and he wants to do big things. So that's exciting because you know, we want to do big things as well, and to have a partner uh, in the local government who also you know, is, is you know, ready to be there with us and, and get big things done. He's, he wants to do, you know, he's, he's got a big fo- focus on transit and transportation, um, which is something, you know, if there was one thing I'd say that's the toughest for us, it is you know, transit. We don't have a metro line here. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there's not a prospect of one coming you know, in any time in the near future. So what is our transit solution? You know, we've talked with him uh, about bus rapid transit. You know, if we could have dedicated right-of-way that could, could connect us from Silver Spring and the metro there up here to downtown Columbia, over to Fort Meade, over to BWI, those could be really meaningful transit connections. And dedicated right-of-way is something that actually uh, is, first of all, it's far less expensive than rail. You know, rail is phenomenally expensive, and to do that kind of distance, uh, you know, it's just not economically feasible. But you can do for 10% of the cost, if you can get dedicated right away, you can have buses going on there. Also, as we get towards, get closer towards having autonomous vehicles become a reality, that's perfect for dedicated right away. Because there's going to be people, human drivers are going to be on the road for a long, long time, right? So the idea of having autonomous vehicles and having dedicated right away for them, that's a realistic way, a solution for transit in the relatively near term. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and, and Calvin's very excited about that. And so hopefully we'll be able to, to work with him to have a transit solution, uh, you know, to, to bring transit here. So we've seen kind of other suburban areas have tried to do the suburbia into city thing. 
are there any other projects that you guys have been looking at in terms of inspiration or cues or just just to be aware of kind of what's going on in, in other parts of the country? Yeah, I think there are there are a lot of people trying to do this. Um, it's not a secret that uh, you know that that you know obviously people have been. You know, there was the flight to suburbia in kind of the 50s, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and then you know in the 90s and 2000s it kind of like moved back into the city, and now it's kind of like well, as people you know as the millennial generation you know starts to you know the oldest millennials I think are getting close to 40, mm-hmm. and many of them are married and have kids or having kids and are thinking about more about schools and those typical things that tend to people say, hey, I need to look at the suburbs. But, you know, many of them, again, they've been living in these urban environments. They love the walkability. They want to retain that. So, uh, you know, again, it's not a secret that the idea of bringing the best of suburbia and the best of urban living together, which, you know, it's exactly what we're trying to do here, is a big trend in development. So, you know, there are examples. uh, I think one example that has been a very successful example, it's taken a long time to develop, is Reston Town Center. Um, Reston was a planned community like uh, like Columbia, uh, developed you know similar time frame, uh, but they started with their urban core earlier, and they'd always planned it as an urban core, whereas we you know we have them all, um, and that was you know, again that was the development pattern of the time. Um, so you know we're now in the process of transforming that mall and the suburban environment, whereas they kind of had planned that urban environment to begin with. But I think it's a great example of a planned urban environment that's pretty successful. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there, there are many, many examples uh, around the country. I think the benefits of Howard County um, with the, the government that we have that's been you know, stable and consistent over time, um, with the workforce that we have, you know, we have a phenomenal workforce, you know, we have twice the college educated population here in Howard County is the national average. Um, so we have all of these benefits and then we have the plan in place that again was built over a long period of time with community support and is, is sort of locked and loaded in place. Um, and then you have us, Howard Hughes, as a, a developer with you know, major capital resources, access to capital with a long-term vision that is really able to deliver on that plan. So uh, we've got the right ingredients here. And again, so far we've been successful and I'm, I'm very optimistic that we'll continue to be. Have you thought about what you're gonna do when it's all done? Me? I'll be retired. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it, you know, it's, uh, I mean, I'll be retired and hopefully maybe living in a condominium uh, up here, uh, you know, overlooking Lake Kittimacundi and walking over to Whole Foods and, you know, going to see the shows at Meriwether. And, yeah. Okay. And so what's the, the next deadline? What can people look forward to? So that's easy. It's, uh, you know, I mean, we've been working so hard on the Meriwether district and delivering, you know, 6100 and Juniper and the park, Colorburst Park. Um, and all of that is going to open up next year. So the delivery of that and the opening of that and bringing people to that area, you know, especially during next year's Meriwether season. Uh, Meriwether had a phenomenal season this year, and again, the, the place has been completely rebuilt. We're going to have hundreds of thousands of people parking in the new parking garage that we've just built down there and walking through and seeing this amazing environment that's, uh, that's, that's in process and, and is now being delivered. Um, one of the most fun things about this job is bringing people here and especially people who grew up in the area but haven't been here for a while Mm -hmm. and every time we bring them back whether it's to a Meriwether show or we bring them up to the top of 6100 Meriwether Drive they're like oh my gosh I had no idea this was happening and so you know that it's just a it's a great experience to see, see people who thought they knew Columbia and then they come back and they're like 
wow. <laughs> I had no idea that all this was happening. So it's a lot of fun. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. This is my pleasure. <laughs>